Hello, and welcome to Work Well with Stephanie Wolf, brought to you by the Whole Food Health Coach, LLC, where we make your goals our goals, and you're never alone on your wellness journey. Experience the information, inspiration, and collaboration of our Coach in Your Corner partnership. My name is Stephanie Wolf, and I'm a national board-certified health and wellness coach and the proud owner of the Whole Food Health Coach, now in its ninth year, and five-time winner of the Best of Gwinnett County Award. I'm so excited. Rachel, Sherry, and I invite you to visit wholefoodhealthcoach.com so you can set up your 60-minute healthy living assessment. Our award-winning three-phase program could change your life. WorkWell is brought to you this weekly podcast, and it's dedicated to your personal and professional health and wellness. I offer examples from my own life, health, marriage, family, and business. I share my research, my opinions, and my faith designed to bring you compelling content, engaging challenges, and practical body, soul, and spirit support while you're on your wellness journey. So I'm your wellness friend, and WorkWell comes to you from my personal desire to live long and strong with passion and purpose die of old age and help others to do the same. So now from living rooms to boardrooms via Business Radio X, you're listening to Work Well with Stephanie Wolf. So I love to start every segment with a funny story. And today, uh, in keeping with the topic of our April season that we're in right now, if you're listening in April, is Teenage Driver. So a teenage boy just passed his driver's test and asked his dad if he could start driving the family car. The dad said he'd make a deal with his son. You bring up your grades from a C to a B average, study your Bible a little bit, and get your hair cut, and we will talk about the car. The boy brought thought about that for a moment, decided he'd settle for that offer, and agreed on it. After about six weeks, the dad said, son, you've brought your grades up. I've observed that you're spending some time in the Bible, and I'm still a little disappointed that you haven't gotten your hair cut. The boy said, you know, dad, I've been thinking about that, and I've noticed in my studies in the Bible that Samson had long hair, John the Baptist had long hair, Moses had long hair, and there's even strong evidence that Jesus had long hair. His dad replied, did you also notice that they walked everywhere they went? <laughs> I hope that made you at least smile. And uh, walking is good for you. Do you know that yesterday actually was uh, National Walking Day? I'm like, what? That sounds awesome. And I walk pretty much every day. So that was great. And today in the studio, I have a friend and a professional with me. Carrie Thompson is with us, and I'll tell you a little bit more about her in a minute. But if you've been listening to our podcast, then you know that every week I seek to give you inspiration and information on lots of different topics. And since I don't know everything about everything, and I know if you ask me, you might think I do, but I don't, and I love the professionals that I have around me that know what they need to know and are helping people. And Carrie is one of those people. So I'm all about encouraging you to maybe challenge yourself or change something, improve something, let go of something, pick up something, start something, 
restart something or at least start a healthy dialogue um, to move you in that direction. So this year, we started off with new beginnings. We changed a lot of things in January. We set some things in motion. And in February, we talked about heart health. And last month was Marvelous Marriage Marathon Month with my husband, Jack. And I know you're disappointed he's not here today, but I also know you're going to love Carrie. So you're going to um, have that blessing today. And the month of April, I'm going to talk about healthy communities. How do we build a healthy community? And there's a lot to be said along those lines. So um, we're going to be talking to counselors like today, as well as our you know coaches and classes and organization and professionals and volunteers and all of those people who really make community a very blessed place. So welcome, Carrie. Thank you, Steph. It's a joy to be here. I'm really glad. Thanks. So as you know, the programs that I've designed are a five-fold grip on health, I call it. And I use the word CLEAN as an acronym, and it stands for character or our core values, those things that really live inside of us and drive us. And then lifestyle, and that's how we live out those things. Exercise is pretty important for mental health and really emotional health as well as physical health. Attitude, how we think about things, and nutrition, how we fuel, and that's who I am. And so everything I've created on all of our wellness programs is based on those clean concepts for healthy living. And I believe they're the foundation for the coaching and the training that we do at Whole Food Health Coach. And because of that, I think I've found in my own life anyway, that strength and stability that that foundation gives me. So I'm sure that you've heard our podcast. Yes, sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Love it. Oh, so it's such a blessing to so many people. Good. So um, if it doesn't matter whether it's corporations or small groups or families or marriage or individuals, these concepts seem to be a real principle in people's lives. And it's woven throughout our workshops and, of course, private sessions. And so it's kind of the foundation for everything I do. And I think those they're pretty powerful words and they affect our well-being in all these areas as well as our health and they contribute to the balance that we're looking for because I think in this day and time we do feel a little bit out of balance at times and so character lifestyle exercise attitude and nutrition and today we're starting our series called spring clean so spring cleaning using the acronym and spring cleaning your house your home your community because it's that time of year so I love to look up definitions so I kind of dug in a little bit to what does spring cleaning mean exactly I mean I know we're going to clean our house but we're going to go a little farther than that in our series in April. So spring is the time when maybe the old starts disappearing and the brown colors start being replaced with more colorful plants and fresher um, type colors of spring and all that fun stuff that um, is a part of spring. And so the old disappears and the new starts appearing. And to clean um, that acronym or to um, discuss that a little bit further, I looked it up. It says to clean all of the place. You know, sometimes we clean a little bit here and a little bit there, or if companies come and we clean what they see, throw things in the closet, hide whatever we can hide. Mm-hmm. And we're really about um, cleaning the whole place is what it says, especially your house. It also says um, doing it very well. And again, instead of taking the shortcuts or making shortcuts, And then uh, it also says some of those parts that you do not often clean. And a lot of times when it comes to mental or emotional uh, issues or just our own mind, we want to stay oh on the positive side. And if you look at my Stephanie Joe Wolf um, Facebook page, it looked like I'm having fun all the time. We were just talking about that at, at our lunch 
um, before coming in. It all looks like, you know, it's all fun and games, right? But we work hard, don't we? Yeah. It's a lot to be done, and it's uh, it can be exhausting at times. It's very rewarding work, and I, I can't wait to hear all of that from you as well. And then the other side of it is the goal of spring cleaning um, is to tidy up or freshen up things. So some things might need a coat of paint or, you know, planting the new flowers. Jack and I love to do that. So um, freshening up your living space. And um, it talks about the new season that's rolling in. And again, just reminding us that every day is a new day. We can turn um, that calendar page. It doesn't necessarily have to be a Monday that we start everything or the first day of the, the month or any of that because we can start that new season at any time. And then the act of cleaning can also have that positive effect. And there's so much science behind it on your mental and physical well-being. So cleaning up uh, around the house and doing the deep clean and getting rid of some things and freshening up some things and planting some flowers. And I brought you a little plant today because mm-hmm. I think it just um, just made me smile when I saw it. So today I have with me Carrie Thompson. And Carrie is a licensed professional counselor and national board certified counselor working in individual and family counseling for the past 12 years. She's also a licensed school counselor. Carrie is in her 11th year of guiding students in K through 12 Christian schools where she teaches skills, supports parents and teachers, and responds to mental, emotional, and social needs of her students. Carrie and her husband, Michael, have the joy of parenting four adult children. She has a passion for hiking, biking, kayaking, skiing. She is an outdoor adventurist, um, kind of I'm a wannabe. I like I can live my, vicariously through all of your adventures and your travel. In fact, this week when we talked on the phone um, to discuss a little bit about what we'd be doing today, you were stopping in Tennessee to go for a hike. I'm like, you're on your way back from a conference and you found a place to go for a hike. That's I'm like, beautiful too. Oh. I just got to hear more about that. So Carrie's committed to carefully stewarding the health of her body and mind and relationships. And she's been blessed with so many because we all love her so much. She's got a lot of people in her corner and a lot of people she has been in the corner for. So I'm glad that she's um, one of the first people that's uh, sharing her story a little bit today and going to help you in um, tackling some of those kind of things that she helps other people tackle. But she loves... Um, she's gifted and has the resources and the opportunities that she's been given and her licensure and certifications and all of the things that she's done. But she also is a thing that's important to her is taking care of the earth. And so I was laughing. She has her computer in front of her and I have all these papers. So I'm like, I'm so sorry that so many trees had to give their life for all my pages and papers that, um, that tend to help me to get, I said, they're kind of training wheels, but Carrie has a strong desire to help you in every endeavor that you have as well in the areas of well, wellness and health. And so I'm just going to turn it over to Carrie and let her take it from here. Tell us a little bit about, I guess you could go back and tell people how we know each other, but anything else, maybe what led you to this particular area of serving the community? Mm, what a great question. Well, um, I'm I'm thankful to be here, Stephanie. It is always an honor to join you in any of your work and ministry and making the world a better place. Um, and that has always been a desire of my heart since I was a young child. Um, 
I knew that I wanted to um, kind of a um, just created as a listener. I am much more about listening and supporting others than I am about um, serving my my own personal needs. And so I'm thankful um, that I'm also a very non judgmental person. So I uh, just love to help people as you do to get to a, a healthier place in their life. And for me, that has been done for the past, you know, really 20, 30 years. I've, I've worked a lot with children and families, uh, just as they've encountered challenges, whether they were learning challenges or emotional challenges, or um, I actually have a passion for health as well. And so, uh, Stephanie, it's been so wonderful to talk through ways to um, that even that gut mind inner, you know, interaction can um, help people to uh, have a more stable and happier life uh, just by what they feed themselves and what they do with their body um, as well. So I like to integrate that in my work as well. Sounds great because yeah. that uh, definitely is the fuel. We can fuel our mind in lots of different ways and fueling our body really actually fuels our mind as well. Yes. So some people miss that. Um, you know, it's not just about, you know, what you hear and what you see, but also what you take in and, um, you know, nutritional side of things so what else what's the driving force yeah i um and driving force is just to to continue to help you know children and individuals to 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 get where they need to go um yeah more so and i loved your intro with the spring cleaning it's really gotten me thinking um of how through the pandemic it's been such a um you know there were people who really spent that time cleaning in their homes and some of us got busy continuing to work uh, virtually and um, but that it was that period of time that now that we're three years out that I feel like people are you know so much has come to the surface and uh, that people are are realizing that there's been an impact um, in their mind body and spirit that needs a little dusting off and a little um, and so I'm thankful that, that folks are talking about it and are concerned, you know, for the young people that have been, um, you know, evidencing more anxiety or depression or, um, or just have been socially impacted and that we're able to tend to those needs and don't have to just stand by and worry or are kind of conjure about like why those things are, but more so get to the work of how to help, um, to, to build resilience through, uh, this time. So I think this is great, but a, a good topic for the spring cleaning. Good. Yes. So. I think spring cleaning is something we only think about in a physical term, I think, uh, for the most part. So I love that, you know, it's kind of an idea that I had to kind of dig in a little bit more to our personal lives rather than just our house and the, you know, they, they, one of the articles that I read about spring cleaning was about how you'd see the women shaking the rugs out and beating it um, with a rug clipper. I'm like, that's where the term came from years and years ago. And I thought, oh, I don't know that I've done that in a very long time. Maybe the mat that um, is in front of my doorway. But anyway, it was like, that's where it came from a long time ago. But I love what you said about listening because you definitely are a great listener. You have such a compassion um, in your heart and in your eyes. So when I have shared life with you and we've talked, um, that's something that I think is almost missing, missing in our world is someone that actually is listening. Mm. 
And such a needed thing in our day-to-day world. And so, like, all of us are are able to acquire that, even if we aren't naturally gifted with that. And I actually, it's one of the things that I really like to encourage parents and, and teachers and just any individual that happens to encounter children, which is any of us. We, right, right. If you go to the grocery store or you go to, uh, you know, happen to be in a park or anything, you're likely to see a child. And uh, and one of the greatest things is, is to stop and, and listen and actually hear how someone, um, what they might be experiencing. Um, I think that, you know, life brings a lot of challenges and any one of us might be in distress at any given point in time. Um, and actually, uh, I'm eager to share uh, if, of those um, of you that may not know about like our amygdala, which tends to react when in stressful situations and um and I, I teach young children to understand this uh, as young as kindergarten. I think it's uh, – I'm like like you, Stephanie, where I think uh, prevention and, and being proactive and teaching people what's going on in their bodies and minds so that they can be well prepared for those moments when they do get dysregulated, when their emotions take over, um, or when they're with a friend or a family member who is dysregulated. So, um, so I teach. Can you explain that word for our audience and for myself? Dysregulated. What would you mean? By uh, that? So, just when emotions, when you're feeling overwhelmed, or um, your your emotions are running the show. Oh, well, isn't? Oh, okay. okay. Where uh, you're not able to maybe make real logical decisions because, and this happens to us all day long, whether we're just super angry uh, behind the wheel or um, super sad, I call, you know, a lot of the emotions can just get supersized for a a minute or Mm. hours for some people. So dysregulated is, you know, could be really tearful, could be racing hard, could be um, kind of your mind is a snow globe. I'd like to describe it. It's just that, and, and anybody that's experienced that can immediately uh, uh, understand that mm-hmm. that concept of when you can't quite get your thoughts sorted out. Um, those of us that struggle with, uh, you know, ADHD symptoms know how, you know, not knowing what to start with first, or um, or what problem solving strategy to choose at that moment. And a lot of times that's because um, our amygdala, our that, that center part of our brain, um, the small almond-shaped part of our brain that um, is taking in information all day long and letting us know what that there's something urgent happening that we need to tend to. Um, and it's a it's a wonderful thing that God's created in us to help us survive, but it. Um, it can tend to cause us to either know we need to respond with an action, um, run away or hide or, uh, or just go along with things and try to keep the peace. So there's the fight, flight, freeze, or fawn response that, um, that our amygdala is, um, getting information and we're trying to choose or make a really rapid, our, our body kind of intrinsically just makes a rapid decision of which of those things to do. Um, and it's not always getting accurate information. Our amygdala is sometimes reacting to um, uh, just a bodily symptom. It may be your heart is suddenly racing and it thinks 
oh, something urgent is happening um, and you need to react to this. Um, and so that and it's it's not always that there is an urgency. So um, and doesn't it sometimes get stuck in like the on position? And that's when in my world we talk about acute stress and chronic stress. Mm-hmm. And when I uh, next month when we talk about work life balance, we'll get deeper in this. So I'm so glad you're bringing this up now because you're setting the stage perfectly, Carrie. But um, and helping our listeners. But the one thing I was going to mention is chronic stress is something that is dangerous for us. Acute stress comes on us quickly and it's supposed to come and go but it doesn't always go it gets if it gets stuck in the on position and we live that amygdala is constantly in that stuck position is where then that chronic stress day in day out all the time is wear and tear on our body it's wear and tear on our brain and our heart and and when we do need the fight or flight sometimes we we don't have what we really need because it's worn out or um or maybe it's like oh this is just another one of those things that you know we deal with day in and day out so i'm sorry to interrupt but i wanted to make sure i oh no and it it it, it cues a lot of more information because right it can be um it is depleting it is meant to turn back off and um and when that when we go into that reaction it's it downturns our dopamine and serotonin for a, a period of time. Uh, so our, we don't need to feel calm or happy when there's a, an urgent um, emergency. Uh, and we also, it shoots up that cortisol or adrenaline. So uh, if we do get stuck, you know, stuck in a, and we're in alert a lot of the day. Uh, it's not, it's not meant to be that way. It's meant to reset, like you said, and then, um, we can return to calm. Uh, we can become regulated again. Okay. So from dysregulation back to being regulated and we can, um, and then our dopamine can kick back in serotonin. We can get our happy chemicals back flowing. The cortisol reduces so our body can, can release those toxins and can be calm again and um, and that we can get ready to, to move on with our day. But if we live in a, a higher state of um, emergency and of alert, uh, it does. It tends to, re, you know, we, decrease we, all those all other those good chemicals. Wow. And, um, and so a lot of time, you know, and actually in my world, we end up, you know, end up with children or family members that are coming thinking, oh, wow, I, I think I'm depressed or I'm showing signs of depression. Um, and a lot of times it's just those depleted um, chemicals in their system and that they don't have to, you know, by um, learning some good skills of how to calm their amygdala, how to stay um, in a calmer state or how to boost their dopamine with, you know, being in the sun, getting exercise, doing some calming activities during their day, um, breathing, uh, and getting good calming breaths so that, um, they're not living in an alarm state for so long. Um, and, um, and also that, that amygdala, when it's in, it's in that alarm state, get, it grows stronger. It's like a muscle almost in it. Uh, it gets to where it, it activates more quickly. And we don't, we want to, we want to train our amygdala to, to listen to our rational calm, you know, calming thoughts and to be able to get, um, to back to a quiet space so that we can use our, executive functioning, the forward part of our brain, oh, yeah. and we can make good decisions. Um, so, um, our agency, yeah, you know, having that control or that self-control. And I know there's a way to self-care 
and self in that word self control there's a way to self care so it's not always stop doing something it's sometimes it's more start doing something different yeah. and um replacing those things i think and we're we're more than just physical beings we're mental emotional spiritual beings so caring for the whole person um, can bring that health and wellness that we're looking for. And that's what I'm hearing you say. Um, and one of the things that I use a lot is the quote, a clearly defined problem is half the solution. Mm-hmm. You know, And I think a lot of times we, we just stay in that, like you um, called it, I think the state of alert or a- alarm almost, um, just because we don't know really what the problem is. Sometimes we are um, searching for it like there's one solution and there's usually not just one solution for any one problem and if we don't really know what the problem is then sometimes we throw a blanket term like i'm depressed or might just be tired and not sleeping well or not um, resetting um, and letting your um, sleep do what it was created to do and uh, so i love some of that Um, i'll just put an exclamation point on the end of what you're saying there right yeah, it's true. And, and we, sometimes we, uh, it, that feeling of not being able to figure out what's wrong with me or is something wrong with me mm-hmm. um, is also, um, it, well, it's a skill that I teach to the young um, young ones all the way up is um, we, they, a, a general kind of comfortable term would be like a conveyor belt thought. It's that all day long we have about 65,000 thoughts that just run through our brain, um, give or take, depending on how your brain operates. But um, And so uh, as we have been exposed, you know, as young people are exposed to information that is beyond them or beyond their years um, or is just new and they're not sure what to do with it. Um, I mean, we all have these, these thoughts that pass by our kind of on this conveyor belt in our mind all day long. And some of them we um, are helpful to attend to and some are not helpful to attend to mm-hmm. and um, and then it's okay to just let some of those thoughts pass by and wow. um, so I really like to teach children really young this idea because the truth is as um, as they get into middle school and as um, they're exposed to more information or things that they maybe didn't even welcome but it just showed up on their screen or in their life mm-hmm. um, that they that they're trying to process and make sense of, or they've seen an image in a movie or a commercial for a movie um, that is just um, it's troubling to them and it's stressing them, and they're not sure what to do with it, or they're they're assuming that they're that they're bad because of this image or thought that comes into their mind. Um, that, that it's if the more we attend to those things and start to wonder, am I bad? Or we apply shame or anxiety um, and some secondary emotions to something that's not really doesn't need our attention. It just yeah. is a pop up thought. It's just a an unhelpful thought, and it's it's better to let those float on by. I and... love the conveyor belt. That's helpful. I'm going to remember that. Yeah. You know, it's like I don't have to do that right now. You know, we just oh. that's the other piece of it. Not that we need to give it attention or give everything attention, but we need to give everything attention right now. You know, is those are not true. Um, and so I love that. Thank yeah. you for that image. Yes, it's true. Like sometimes I think about like fruit um, coming down there and if it's a rotten piece, it's like eject, don't eat it. (laughs) Just let that one just drop on off. But then like you said, some of them we um, just let go by for now 
and we we can pick it up baggage at the at the carousel when you get off the plane it's like it's coming back around again eventually yeah um if it needs to be addressed so i love that and we're also different you know we're unique individuals and at every age we have a lot of things that are similar but at every age there's some different things and um we're unique we're complex intricate human beings. And I love thinking about that because sometimes we lump everybody together, you know, like everybody's ready for this particular topic right now. Like I'm thinking of elementary school or high school Mm. or middle school and they may not be. And so, you know, no two of us are alike and, um, and we don't need to be. And yet sometimes we're forced to, you know, almost not see ourselves as that unique individual and the treasure that we are. I always say you're rare. You're one of a kind. You're, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made. We talk about, and the key to success is really to find your value in yourself and, um, and who, who you are, who I am and not try to become someone else or be like someone else or handle things the way someone else handles things and search for that happiness in more of being my whole true self and, um, and dealing with these things and what you're being able, what you're sharing is things that, um, are, are things that will give all of us a little more hope and a little less hopelessness and give us a little more con- context, I suppose, of those things that come across our path that we either need to address. And sometimes you can't just ignore certain things you do need to address. And then knowing what those things are and the fact that we don't have to address them all, I think is freeing. Right. Yeah. And, and then being Yes, get in a calm state to determine what what do I need to do with this, or or can I talk to somebody about it? Like I like that you you know it's okay to to wonder about why why am I feeling this way or why and and um, as parents or caregivers or grandparents or um, business owners to not react so much when a child is um, dysregulated or upset or you know, but it's okay to wonder, um, Hmm, what, what might be causing you to feel this way? And that, um, and, or just to acknowledge that it's just happening. Um, sometimes, uh, we're in a a low state and we need to get activated. And then sometimes we're in a, uh, an alarmed, uh, state and we need to, to, to downgrade, you know, downregulate is what they call it to get into a, a calmer, place and, and it's just a lifelong process of figuring out what helps you to feel most um centered in in who you are most confident about who you are um to you know to be discovering and encouraging um the gifts in children that uh and and just noticing it's okay they don't have to be all alike like you said like just recognizing that we are unique human beings um mind body and spirit that our our bodies res- you know respond differently each and every one of us our minds uh and then our our personalities uh in different social situations and so it's a wonderful gift to a child that that someone might just pause and listen and understand where they're coming, help them to determine, um, what it is that's, that's making them feel, um, out of sorts and help them to seek the answers for that. Like out of sorts, you know, where that's a good term too. You're full of those terms and I love all those things. Um, cause it does help us to remember, you yeah. know, it's like the, um, the little visuals and those kind of things. So thanks. And I, yeah. I know you've got some other things that you, you were saying like act, 
activities or something that someone can do if they find themselves in that overwhelmed state. Yeah. Um, there's certain things that I do for myself, but what are some of the suggestions you make Great. for young people? Yeah, I love it. Um, well, it's, it's, it's the one that they don't like to hear and that all of us think is way too simple, but breathing is just such an important thing to make ourselves uh, slow down and do. So I love just taking a deep breath and you can do it with me right now. It's a gift to yourself just to breathe in and out. It's wonderful to make yourself breathe out even longer. Exhale and really release and to breathe in calm and exhale your stress. Um, I, I teach children box breathing, which is a, an inhale. You can kind of draw a box in air by breathing um, a kind of a cross for four, holding for two as you go down, out for four, and up for two, just kind of holding, then in, holding for two, out for four. And sometimes it just helps, especially a child that's kind of in a panic response, like to be able to move your finger, it, it helps ground them, get out of that amygdala emotional reaction. A lot of what we do when we're talking to uh, an individual who's upset and, and nothing's making sense, or maybe something has happened, they've broken something, or they're disappointed in a grade that they've gotten, or with some, you know, a no, they've received a no, and they really wanted a yes for that they could have that treat or that whatever TV. Um, and so it's, it's not going to help to try to talk ration into a child who is upset um, or an, any individual. So being able to ground, um, and so another one is with your hand, just breathing up, um, tracing your, I call this a calm palm. You go up your thumb and then breathe out down to your palm, up to your index fingertip, and then down, breathing out, breathing in, up to that middle finger, and out, and in, up to ring finger, and out, and then up to pinky, and out. And it just feels good. It's calming to your palm. It could be a little tickly, but, um, and looking around and finding five things to look at and having a, a child or a person tell you what those are, and then four things that you are, you could touch, um, three that you're hearing, two that you're tasting, and then one that you're smelling or in any of those order. Um, it really helps to coach somebody through that if they're having a panic response or a really emotional response. And what's nice is you can teach children this and they, they can help a friend and they feel really empowered to be able to help their friends because a lot of, a lot of people right now are, are getting, uh, triggered into a real, um, elevated heart rate or these over, you know, big emotional reactions. And so to give a child a, a way to do that, um, or to, to help them to, to squeeze something or to, a lot of people are using, um, essential oils, um, or there's a wonderful dough called pinch me dough that is scented and other ones that are, dough, um, scented, um, that just help um, to to release that calming response in the body. Because um, once you can get back in your um, your thinking brain again, you can really help. You can figure out: is this an emergency, or can I? I like to teach children um, the size of a problem. There's generally five different sizes. 
One is a, I can shrug this off. It's a really small problem. I actually, I I don't need to respond with a really big anything. I, I think I can shrug this off and move through it. Two is I need to apply a strategy. This is really, this person beside me is really annoying me or this smell that's near me is is overpowering and it's probably going to cause a reaction in me. I need to move to a different location or turn the lights down. I need to apply a strategy. I need to, um, you know, do something, but I can choose something to do in that size two problem and I, I can do that. A three is I I need an adult or I need a friend, you know, for those of us that are adults, I need another human to help me figure out what to do here. This is bigger than, than me. I've tried this, you know, applying a strategy. It's not working. I need another human. Um, and then four is this problem. It needs a, a professional. I've, I've, I, you know, maybe if it's a school child, like I've tried talking to my teacher or my parent, I think I need a principal involved, or I think I need a doctor. I've, I've tried tending to this wound, um, and and I might need a, a, a therapist or a, a doctor to, to look at this more deeply with me or to tend to this wound, um, uh, whether that's a body wound or an emotional wound. Um, and then five is, is an emergency. Um, and the funny thing is when we talk about this with little kids and especially middle schoolers, you know, I'll everything. say yes, everything is a crisis. Miss <laughs> Thompson, they'll call me like a year. This, yes, you know, my friend didn't answer my text. That is a size five. It is a crisis. And I'm like, okay, actually, let's, let's call it what it really is. And, you know, and we do a lot of laughing about that and, um, and trying to apply the right size size solution mm. to the right size problems. Oh, I love that. And yeah. I like the earlier when you said supersized problem, I wrote that down because <laughs> I, in fact, um, yesterday I left Jack a note on the, um, on our, um, kitchen counter and it just said, um, I love you and you love me. Everything else is small potatoes, <laughs> you know, oh, just like for something. It. Cause there's always something going on and you can really supersize it. If you focus on it, the more I focus on you, the easier it is to see you and everything else becomes peripheral. Mm-hmm. And, but I, and I can't look at everything at once. And that's where I see, you know, a lot of the, um, you know, hyperactivity, but also the, just the oversized problems that tend to want to, dig into the brain and really make things out of balance and dysregulate and all those things that you've given us great terms terms for. So, you know, we are able to help kids in lots of different ways and, um, and our household, um, certainly cleaning up the act or cleaning up our own act sometimes is what it takes. And so right now we're not necessarily talking to children that are going to get these great tips that you're giving, like you give at school, but definitely I just did the hand thing myself. I was very soothing and there is some oxytocin that also is released when you, you know, when you're touched or your touch. And, uh, so that was great. And just understanding that we need, we have a negative onslaught of things on a regular basis around us. And if we take that same negativity and we focus on it and, you know, we supersize all the problems that we see in our own life, then how are our kids actually going to find the solutions that they need, or at least the techniques of these kind of things? So the more that we as adults do them with our kids or grandkids, um, so a lot of times p- kids want to escape the issues, you know, and that's where some real unhealthy behavior takes place. And, um, so, you know, when we move away from things and I'm not talking about selling the house and moving to Belize, we always tease that that's what we're going to do. <laughs> like, I'm moving to 
Belize. I don't know why Belize, but um, anyway, so I'm talking mostly about the self-control and self-care that um, that we can do as individuals that affect those around us. And by the way, you know, if you're in your office listening, your office staff would probably appreciate a little bit of that calming, you know, in you too, because don't we, we sometimes dysregulate other people with our dysregulation, you know, where we're supersizing an issue and then they respond to our supersized issue with a super, supersized, you know, comeback or <laughs> something else. So, um, I, you know, I love that as, as far as parents and grandparents, obviously I'm, you know, been a parent of two sons and have three grandkids. And, you know, so I do feel like the term more is caught than taught. And, you know, the opposite of that is don't do as I do, do as I say, you know, and neither of those are very helpful when you start thinking about the fact that, you know, more of what we do is seen by those that we love and our kids and their core values really do come from those that are closest to them. Right. Mm -hmm. So how, uh, helping families and, you know, the kinds of things, um, that can help the mom, the dad, the grandma, the grandpa, um, Nana, Papa in our case. And, um, well, and it does uh, it make me think of, you know, we're, we're designed to mirror each other and to respond to each other. And so it is to, in order mm. to, to stay calm and to stay hopeful, we do have to take good care of ourselves. And, um, and that might mean like, I know for me, I have to keep calming, positive music flowing so that it's kind of radiating into my presence so that I can be able to regulate with a child and, and help them become calm and to stay positive. So it is, it does take a lot of work for, as caregivers. Yeah. I'm more calm just being here with you. He's <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> the plant. I feel calm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thank you for that. So um, I've got a couple things I thought we would end as far as um, cleaning, you know, the spring clean. And um, after I share each one, just jump in if there's something that comes to your mind. Okay, Carrie. So the first was building a balanced conversation. And um, I think those that open dialogue and heal hearts and provide the real solutions to the defined situation or the defined problem, wherever you find yourself, it's a kind of a one step at a time, positive approach to life. And it's not just a one size fits all. It's really whatever's happening. Like you said, the size of the um problem and the size of the solution or however you said it so much better. Um, but anyway, I love that. And challenges come and they go, but a lot of times just talking through things is what kids need or what we all need. Like you said, another human sometimes because we think we're going to be able to handle it ourselves. And sometimes we just can't, but life is full of challenges, but it's also full of overcoming them and getting to the other side is what's important. And sometimes with kids and young people, they don't see that there's another side and they don't realize that in a minute they'll feel totally different about that boy or that girl or that situation or whatever, whatever's um, triggering. And, and be sure to share those stories. Um, a lot of, uh, we don't talk through our difficulties, um, with children very often and and they, they come out thinking that we have these perfect lives and that our day has gone perfectly. And it's just so wonderful to unpack at the, at the end of the day, at the dinner table or at family gatherings, you know, those moments where, wow, I encountered this challenge and here Here's how I got through it to the other side. So that is super important. I love that. Instead of always pretending that, you know, everything's great um, and that lifestyle, the 
the Facebook lifestyle, I guess, mm. you know, to some degree. Um, the next one I have is, you know, travel because it's, you know, spring break. You always think about spring cleaning and spring um, travels, but travel out of your world regularly into theirs. And I think, um, you know, valuing them as an individual, listening to them, like you said, um, what do they love? What do they need? Where do they, you know, go? Um, how do they see things and who are they spending time with or why are those influencers so important to them? And instead, we a lot of times want to, you know, just um, call them out or, you know, criticize, well, you shouldn't be doing that or don't go there or forbidding them from certain things or grounding them, which sometimes is needed. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, just, you know, really hearing them out and letting them feel valued in the discussion and in the dialogue. So travel out of your own problems and pain and kind of just listen to where they're at and what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. And then the next is toss the angry, mean looking frowny face. You know, it's like that life is not going to hell in a handbasket. You know, we are going to make it through. Um, so I always say nobody looks good with a frown and lose the grumpy guess or the negative Nelly um, kind of attitude. Attitude's a little thing that makes a big difference. We've all heard those things. Um, but if you're you know, teen, um, usually that era, you know, of life, tweens and teens, if they say something that pushes your button, then, you know, kind of ask them the question, like similar to what you were saying. I say things like, um, can you tell me where, where's that coming from? Mm -hmm. You know, just in a kind of a, that was a calming way to say, now, where's that coming from? You know, or how dare you say that to me? Um, or just simply ask them to clarify their feelings. Um, and that might mean sitting down for a minute and getting off, you know, the, the ladder changing the light bulb that, you know, has to be changed right now. Well, maybe not, <laughs> maybe you need to sit down for a minute and hear what your child has to say to you and get on their level and just look them in the eyes and, you know, right. listen to what they're saying. Right, Carrie? Mm -hmm. Cause you'll be surprised. They give you signs that they don't want to sit down with you, but the truth is, and they've told me behind closed doors that <laughs> they want to spend time with you and be asked, uh, and oh. cared for. So, yeah. Oh, that's a good tip too. Yeah. yeah. Ask. They want to be asked just like any of us do. Right. Yeah. So, and the next is just our mouth, you know, clean up the criticism. And, um, I think sometimes their own personal self-loathing and peer pressure and they're trying to fit in and that proverbial mold, you know, whether it's at school or at home or wherever and, and, uh, or to feel like the, you know, the cool kid, um, uh, or any of those things, the bullying that happens and some of those things, just hurtful comments sometimes. And they may be struggling just to be okay with themselves. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they have to deal with that maybe all day at school. They sure shouldn't have to deal with that at home. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that doesn't mean not correction, you know, there's a certain amount of that or guidelines, but you know, not in a critical, judgmental, hurtful, um, kind of a way. Right. Mm -hmm. Very important. And one, another one similar, you know, rid the house of fear. Um, again, they could, you know, hate school, um, or, you know, the environment, it's usually the environment or the culture. It's not school. Mm -hmm. It's not the teaching, you know, or the teachers, they're all working so hard and we appreciate our schools, public, Christian, otherwise private. Um, and you know, there's so much for them to look forward to and the things that they're learning and, uh, for all of us, I mean, I continue to learn. I love to learn and science is a big, important thing to me. We were just talking about the brain before coming here and, um, you know, but I think we, if we live in a, that amygdala, that fear that can take over, um, then it's depleting and it's going to deplete everybody in our path pretty much and could create lots of destruction. 
and then taking out the garbage like regular uh, like um, rejection and all of those pieces uh, I do lots of workshops that are on those topics and um, and just trying to feel good about ourselves I think is something that is a constant battle just because we all measure ourselves against ourselves that kind of thing and and then um, guilt and shame comes into that. So wipe out guilt and shame. You mentioned that because, you know, we, you know, trying to fit in, feeling overweight or feeling unsuccessful or not productive or, you know, not as smart or um, in in skilled coaching and counseling. We know how to help people feel better, um, whether it's with techniques and breathing and or just the calming atmosphere of that hour. I have clients that just... They, you know, they've already reached their goals, but they still want to keep working with me. And so they, you know, they're still going to sit with me and enjoy um, that space that just belongs to them. And I think sometimes that's, um, that's just as valuable. And, and then just rearranging and freshening up. I think sometimes our schedules are so full, we need to take a look at things, maybe rearrange a few things and avoiding the mundane and have some fun. You know, life should be more fun, I think. Now, all work and no play is not good. And, of course, all play and no work is bad, too. Um, But anyway, on those things, is there anything else or anything that you wanted to share before I um, have my closing thoughts? I love it. I think, yeah, just staying, uh, helping each other to just stay present in the moment that we so often want to go back and try to fix things that that didn't go the way we planned or wanted or um and then or our mind is always jumping to what we need to do in order to be successful in the future or the next day and so um just how wonderful it is if we can all just help each other to be present and i love the the house cleaning steps are are a great way to do that yeah that's good. Well, I really appreciate you being here. You're always a joy to be around and certainly calming, and I'm sure calming <laughs> for our listeners as well. And and um, I appreciate the work that you do, and I know you carry a lot because I know you carry, um, oh, you know, the things with them. And that's why we say I can't handle all the, you know, problems of the world, but I can carry a corner, uh, you know, I can carry a corner of the pallet. So. Um, the one thing I was going to sh- um, end with today is going to be um, from Scripture. So t- Titus 2, 1 through 8 says, Your job is to speak out on the things that make for solid doctrine. Guide older men into lives of temperance, dignity, and wisdom, into healthy faith, love, and endurance. Guide older women into lives of reverence so they end up as neither gossips or drunks, but, mo- but models of goodness. By looking at them, the younger women will know how to love their husbands and children, be virtuous and pure, keep a good house, be good wives. We don't want anyone looking down on the gospel message because of our behavior. Also, guide the young men to live disciplined lives, but mostly show them all of this by doing it yourself. That's the part I have in bold here. Uh, And the incorruptible in your teaching, your words, solid and sane. I liked those words. And then Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 said, let us think of ways to motivate each other, motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and not let us neglect meeting together, but encourage one another. And then Galatians 6, 9 says, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. Mm -hmm. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Mm -hmm. So today's 
challenge for you is to create some core values into your home and family, create a culture of kindness and clean up your mind and your mouth, freshen up your environment, start today, start with yourself, uh, your own personal care, core values. That's what matters. If you think their character needs worked on, maybe start on our own and um, work on that and you'll be working on theirs. So there's help. I'm one of the tools. Carrie's one of the tools. I may not be the sharpest tool, but I am a tool. And, uh, well, that's not that's not always a good thing to say, <laughs> but I am one of the tools in the tool belt. And uh, we can help, and I believe that uh, all of us can help somebody in our life just by being a better human being. So that's my final thought for today. And you've been listening to Work Well with Stephanie Wolf, brought to you by the Whole Food Health Coach, LLC, where we make your goals our goals. And you're never alone on your wellness journey. I'd like to thank Carrie Thompson for being with us today and bringing such great practical um, steps for us to um, lean into for the month of spring cleaning. And for information about our corporate wellness programs, virtual classes, or our individual coaching programs, go to wholefoodhealthcoach.com. Our coaching is available virtually anywhere in the country. I'm Stephanie Wolf, wishing you well personally and professionally. See you next week live or on your favorite podcast channel. Until then, choose life.